Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from our guest speaker. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Thank you, worship team. Uh, strong, strong worship. Pastor, where's Pastor? Uh, he slipped out, didn't he? <clears throat> because I was going to call him out on on his introduction of me. At first service, he said, my best friend, Bill Jones, is preaching this morning. And just in an hour's time, I went from his best friend to a good friend. Did you notice that, Joseph? (laughs) I I mean, and and I figured out why. I, I, I thought, I thought I was getting to preach today, not because I was his best friend. I, I, I knew that. But because I had accumulated four monthly tithe checks uh, because I hadn't been here lately, and the couple times I was able to come, I hadn't been so regularly, I forgot to get the tithe check. And so I was convinced if I hold my tithe checks back, I get to preach more often. (laughs) So I figured out, and when I figured out, I went from best friend to a good friend. that You, you notice that, because I mean, you're in last service, Joseph. So I'm real tempted to hold these checks until I get back being his best friend again. So, all right. Being at CIU for the last 36 years, three years as a student, 33 years as faculty and staff, I've taken and given a lot of quizzes. And this morning, I want to give you a quiz. So I want you to either get your phone out all right, get your phone out, and you, you can take the quiz. It's just three simple. It's, it's not a pass-fail. Relax. You're okay. You're not going to share it with anybody else. This is not a, this is not a got you quiz. This is a where are we quiz. You ready? You're not moving. All right, a piece of paper, pencil, your phone. Now, I've been in a classroom forever, for decades. I notice when people are doing or not doing what I've asked. So let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. Get. I'm looking around. There you go. I like this. You're, you repented. You're coming through. Piece of paper, pen, or phone. All right, question number one. You ready? This does not count work. Judy Davis was in the last service, and, and they're there can be no precious, more precious people than Judy Davis. How many know Judy? All right, she's precious. She's a rules follower. And so she counted all of her screen time at work and, and she was feeling real guilty, okay? So, so this is not counting work. How much screen time did you spend over the last seven days? Now here's what I mean by screen time. Telephone, television, computer. Not counting work, all right? Television, telephone, computer. Write down how many hours. Now, what was very interesting was right when I was giving that last service was when the iPhone was delivering whether your screen time was up or down last week. So it was, uh, at least had two people come up and tell me that. So how many hours? That's question number one. You ready? You got it? Did you put your answer down? All right. Your arms are crossed? No, not you. No, yep. Got, a, got another 
repentant one here. Okay, good. All right, question number two. How much time did you spend in front of the mirror this week? All right, brushing your teeth, combing your hair, men, pulling that stomach in and flexing, you know, well, I'm looking good today, ladies, you know. <laughs> Write down how many hours, how many hours, what's going on? I want you to tell me what she just said after the service, okay? All right. How many hours in front of the mirror did you spend this week? That's question number two. Question number three. We ready? How many hours the past seven days, not counting church, did you spend in the Word of God? All right, how many hours or minutes or days, how many hours the last seven days did you spend in the Word of God? All right, now just hang on to your answers. Don't show anybody. Just, just keep them private. Now, we're in a series on Psalms, and this is the last one. And my assignment is the first one, Psalm 1 of the Psalms, 150 Psalms. It's interesting, I think appropriate, that the first Psalm will be our last Psalm in our study. And what I picked up during Joseph's introduction, and by the way, Joseph, I add my welcome personally. We are so glad you're here. Ronald Flynn, you cannot replace him. You be you. Okay? You cannot replace Ronald. He'll mentor you, look to him. Don't be insecure. You say, try to learn as much as you can from him. But this is what I picked up when I heard Joseph's introduction. He's been married 15 years. Well, today, that reminded me, today's my anniversary. 44 years six months and 10 days today. I've been married, and, it's, and they've all been great for me. Debbie's had a rough patch from time to time. They've all been great for me. Now, one of the things that Debbie and I pray, or I'm gonna say two of the things, we try to do this every day, is we pray that God would bless our family. And we use scripture to do this, and these two scriptures are from Isaiah. We pray several scriptures from Isaiah. Try to, again, try to do it daily. But one of them is Isaiah 44, 3. And it says, God, would you pour out your spirit on our offspring, your blessing on our descendants? Not just our children, but our children's children. Pour out your blessing. Pour out your blessing. Pour out your blessing on our descendants. And then about, I think it's two years ago, Isaiah 61.9. Now, it's a great verse. And I encourage you to write it down and look it up. It's a long verse, and it says some great things about the impact of God on our family on the future. But the last phrase in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 9, it says, and this is the way I pray it, Father, may everyone who sees our family recognize them as those whom you have blessed. God, when people, when people see the Joneses, 
or, or the Dinskys or, or uh, the Hodges or the, we got a bunch of kids and a bunch of grandkids and the two Joneses part of the family. And when they see the grandchildren, the 11 grandchildren, and when they see Debbie and me, may, may they look at us and say, God's blessed them. God's blessed them. Then I see uh, Petra Bono in here. Then I, yeah, I thought I did. It's funny how you... All right. We met this morning before the first service. And, and he said he's from Michigan. But you've been out here about 10 years now, right? And so that's where I got the 10. I messed you up earlier. Here in the South, have you picked up this phrase, bless your heart? You pick that phrase? All right. Has anybody ever told you, bless your heart? Yeah, unfortunately. Okay, you, you, you now understand there's a connotation to the phrase, bless your heart. It's not, oh, bless your heart, bless your heart, bless your heart. It, it's this, it's like, mm, bless your heart. It's like, mm, I feel sorry for you. Mm, uh, mm, you're in bad fix, buddy. Uh, mm, I'm so, so sorry, your circumstances. Bless your heart. Well, we're in the study on Psalms. It's very interesting how often the book of Psalms talks about God's blessing. God's blessing on us. And it's not, hmm, bless your heart. But it's God's blessing. A true, real, powerful, palatable blessing of God. And just to show you, these are just five psalms where the first verse talks about a blessed man or a blessed woman. So uh, look up here on the screen. It says Psalm 32.1. Now, Psalm, psalm 32 is written, even though it comes, after, it comes in, in the psalms, it comes before Psalm 51, Psalm 51 is David confessing his sin for Bathsheba. Psalm 32 is, is David receiving the forgiveness of God. And in Psalm 32, verse 1, he says, How blessed is he, how blessed is the man, how blessed is the woman, how blessed is the person whose transgression is forgiven. That person's blessed. Psalm 41, verse 1. I, I, I really didn't understand this at first, but then I realized it's reflecting a spiritual law. So it says, how blessed is he who considers the helpless? Well, why is that person blessed? Because, the rest of the verse, the Lord will deliver him in a day of trouble. There's a spiritual law. You help the helpless, God will help you. You bless others, God will bless you. You give financially, I don't understand this, God will outgive you. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Remember the two verses after the Lord's Prayer? If you don't forgive others, he won't forgive you. If you do forgive others, God will forgive you. It's a spiritual law. So how blessed is the man who helps the helpless or considers the helpless? Psalm 112, verse 1. I, I preached this psalm at my father-in-law's funeral because of verses 3 and 4. But verse 1 says... Praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Psalm 119. 
longest chapter in the book of um, the, the Bible. How blessed are those whose way is blameless who walk in the law of the Lord. And then lastly, Psalm 128, verse 1. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Now, I'm going to change the font color up here. So it's, it's, it's a little hard to read. But, but why are these people blessed? Psalm 32, 1. The person's sins are forgiven. The transgressions are forgiven. The sin is covered. They've considered the helpless. Psalm 41, 2. The third one there. They fear God and greatly delight in his commandments. 119, verse 1. Their way is blameless. They walk in the way of the law of the Lord. Psalm 121. Why are they so blessed? They fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Now notice the last three. The last three have something in common. They delight in his commandments. This book right here, the Word of God, our Bible, in here we find God's commandments. The next, the Psalm 119, verse 1. They walk in the law of the Lord. It's just another way to say they walk according to Scripture. Psalm 128, verse 1. They fear the Lord. They walk in his ways. Where do we find the ways of God? The way of God is found in the word of God. All it's saying is people are blessed when they follow this book right here. Which brings us to Psalm 1. So you you follow along as I read, but notice particularly how this psalm begins. Psalm 1, verse 1. How blessed is the man you want God's blessing? Pay very close attention to these six verses. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He'd be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which bears its fruit in its season. Sleep does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. they like chaff, which the wind drives away. You know what chaff is? It's, it's just the, it's the, the shell of a kernel of wheat. It just, it just blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, But the way of the wicked, they'll perish. So this morning, we're going to answer two questions about the blessed man or the blessed woman. Question number one, what does a blessed person look like? What do they look like? Second question, why do they look that way? That's what I want to know. I kind of know what a blessed person looks like, but and I want to be like that person. I just need to know, how do I get there? What do I need to do to be blessed of God? All right, so we're going to begin with Psalm 1, verse 3, and look at four characteristics of a blessed man or a blessed woman. What does the blessed person look like? And I just learned, Joseph had, you saw on the picture, he had two daughters and a son. His son's named Judah. And he said, 
when he heard what I was preaching on this morning, he said, we pray verse three for our son Judah, that he would be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which bears its fruit in season. And I went, well, we pray verse two and verse three for one of our grandchildren. His name is Gray Woods, Dinsky. So we, we pray for that Woods. We always try to find something in their name to find a verse of scripture. And we pray these two verses that he would delight in the law of the Lord and he would be like a tree. Woods, Gray Woods, he'd be like a tree firmly planted. So let's look at four characteristics that they're praying for Judah. We're praying for Gray. His birthday's tomorrow. He'll be five years old. And we're having a shark party this afternoon. That's why Debbie's not at the second service. She's at home getting it all together. Seven grandchildren are coming. Or eight, eight, a bunch of them. Not all of them, but a bunch of them. All right, so characteristic number one. He will be like a tree, number one, firmly planted. I have a friend who lives in Colorado. In Colorado, they don't have tornadoes. This friend texted me last month, and he said, a tornado, I mean, he's kind of in shock. A tornado just ripped through our neighborhood. Our house is still standing, but every single tree is uprooted. It looks like a disaster. It was a disaster. It was like a disaster in our neighborhood. And he says, and I'm really grieving, talking about himself, because these trees were huge. He's been in his home for like 40 years. He has these huge trees. They were beautiful evergreens. And now he has to saw them up with a chainsaw. Now, why did the tornado rip them up? Because they may look good on the outside, but they were not firmly planted. They were evergreens. They have a shallow root system. Now, point is, we all go through tornadoes in life. The doctor calls you up and he says the C word. It's cancer. And suddenly, the wind of the storm hits you full force and you realize how fragile this life is. Or your boss calls you into the office he says, I'm so sorry. We have to terminate you. We're downsizing. And your position is one of the ones we're eliminating. That morning, the sun was shining. When you walk out of the office, the storms hit you full force, or worse. Oh, sweetheart, come home quickly. We've lost one of our children. They've been in a car accident. They're gone. We're going through a tornado right now. One of our granddaughters, she's been diagnosed with a genetic defect. Normally, this particular defect hits in your 20s and results in being wheelchair bound. You, you lose 
you lose your grip and you lose your legs and you have to be moved in a wheelchair. It's hit her just as, like as a one-year-old. She's three now, just turned three. And, you know, she, you can, she just doesn't have balance. But she tells me how fast she runs and I cheer her on. Could result in deafness, could result in blindness. There have been a lot of prayers that have been baptized with tears. But I look at her mother and her father, our daughter, her husband. They're standing firm. They're trusting in God. I would like to say that's because of how they were raised. It's not. They make their own choices. And they have chosen to focus on the Lord and to trust him. That second song we sang, when the wind blew, I forget the, the words. And I was thinking, I said, oh, that's what we're talking about this morning. He won't fail you. But you have to be planted firmly like a tree. You may be coming out of a tornado. You may be about, you may be in the tornado. And if you're not coming out of one or you're in one, I promise you, there's one over the horizon. A blessed man or a blessed woman, they are firmly planted. They will not be moved. They can trust in God because the song, not just the psalm, but the song, he won't fail you. He's trustworthy. Firmly planted by streams of water, which bears its fruit in its season. I just came back from India training 75 trainers. These are crossover. And the 75 men we trained they will, 74 men, one woman, they will go back and train others. One went back to the state of UP. UP, and I, and I just heard this, and I haven't verified if it's just a state law or if it's now a national law. They've passed recently, since I was there just a few weeks ago, they've just passed a law, the non-conversion law. So if you convert out of Hinduism into anything else, they'll arrest you. Well, these were church planters, they're proclaiming the gospel. Two of them were arrested. One of them has been sentenced to eight years in prison. He's in a tornado. But while I was there, I love eating the hot food. I love Indian food. I mean, it's like fire. This is good. But better than that, oh, speaking of which, I took the interim president of CIU to, uh, to India. He does not like hot food. And at one day at breakfast, it's our last day there, he said, he said, he said, I need some relief. And there was soup for breakfast. And he turns to Harindra and who, he doesn't know, he doesn't have a thermostat in, in, in his taste buds. And so instead of asking me, who could interpret, he asked Harindra, he says, is this soup hot? 
he has one answer. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. So the Dr. Christman, how does somebody get Christ man as the last like Jones? Christ man. Jones. Christ man. Jones. Anyway, so Dr. Christman took one sip. And don't let me startle you. He goes, ah, real loud in this restaurant. I'm like, what's going on? His face turned beet red. He goes, this is the hottest stuff I've eaten all week. But they had mango. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I love mango. So I'd have fire and mango. Fire. And it couldn't get any better. I mean, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. Now, when it comes to Scripture, fruit is used to describe several things. Let me just give you three right off the bat. It's described, uh, it uses to, it's used to describe, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is nothing more than Christ-like character. A blessed man or blessed woman manifests Christ-like character. It's also used in John chapter 15, verse 8. He says, I appointed you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That fruit's the fruit of ministry. A blessed man is manifesting spiritual ministry fruit. Psalm 127, Psalm 128, it talks about the fruit of the womb. They're children that are given as fruit for us. And, and as we see those children growing in Christ's likeness and falling in love, and listen, it's not their location that's important. Some of you may be going through a rough time with your kids or your grandkids. It's not their location. It's their trajectory. Okay? Be encouraged. Be encouraged. But that's fruit. So all kinds of fruit. A blessed man manifests, let's just choose one of them, manifests Christ-like character. And it keeps going. From is planted by streams of water, bears its fruit in the season, and its leaf does not wither. Its leaf does not wither. If you look at a lot of Christians, sometimes you can't tell is their spiritual life there or not. It looks like they're in dormancy, kind of like your grass in the wintertime. This is a picture of uh, Brian Byer and me. Um, how many know Dr. Byer? Raise your hands. Raise it high so I can see. Anybody? Okay. He usually sits right over there. Today's his birthday, but he just had some surgery, so he's not there. He's listening. So Brian, please forgive me when I say this. I've known Brian since 1988, and I don't like him anymore. I'm sorry, Brian. Um, so... <clears throat> But, but let me get, it's a good reason why I don't. I invite him to come here to church. And he and his wife, Yvonne, sweet Yvonne, he married way out of his class, they liked our church. And he joined. Now, he's been teaching the Bible for 40 years. He and I were in Israel, not this, not this picture, but a, a previous trip about three years ago. And we were in the only Christian store in the old bazaar in old Jerusalem and I met an Old Testament professor from a different seminary. I said, well, our old professor, old, not old professor, excuse me, Brian, our Old Testament professor will be here in just a moment. And when he came, 
I said, so-and-so, this is Dr. Brian Byer, Dr. Brian Byer, this is Dr. So-and-so. She goes, Brian Byer? The Brian Byer? I promise you, she started going, oh my, oh my. I went, whoa, 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 whoa. He's good, but he's not that good, Uh, you know. Well, he used to be my friend when I invited him here and he decided to stay here and he joined our church Our pastor, who said in the first service, I was his best friend, and now I've been downgraded, at least I'm still a good friend. Pastor now has Brian Byer preaching and not me. So I don't like you, Brian. I think I'm just going to keep my tithe checks for a few more weeks and see if I get invited back again. So now in Israel, you can kind of tell everything looks brown. Its leaf does not wither. Everything over there looks withered. Let me compare that to some pictures at CIU. This is most people think we have always been off Monticello Road. We haven't. We were downtown from 1923 to 1960. This is a picture of the administration building in 1966. Let me call your attention over here to the right of the screen, this little area right here. Now, 57 years later, it's not an exact location of the picture, but here's what you see today. Now, let's just rotate a little this way and take another picture of it, and so... Do you know what kind of trees those are? They're live oaks. Do you know why they're called live oaks? It's because they're always green. There's never a question whether they're dead or alive in the wintertime. You can look at them and you see green leaves and you go, they're alive. A blessed man or a blessed woman, there's never any question whether they're alive dormant, or spiritually dead. When you look at them, you go, wow, spiritual life flows from that person. The life of Christ is evident in that person. Godliness is obvious in that person. There's no question. They're blessed. They may go through tornadoes, but they stand firm. You look at them and you go, oh, they're such sweet fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And I look at them, oh, there's ministry fruit. They're blessed. And you see, there's life. It just radiates from them. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Chapter three, maybe chapter two, chapter three. You never want to go off script. We're off script right now, okay? There's the sweet aroma, fragrance of the knowledge of him. There's spiritual life. There's one more. 
It says that whatever he does, he prospers. Now, a lot of people, this is confusing a lot of people. They think, so does that mean if, if, if I'm walking with God, everything I touch is going to turn out well? Absolutely not. We live in a fallen world. Psalm 37, Psalm 73, you can remember them because they're, they're transposed. Psalm 37, Psalm 73, those two Psalms say bad things happen to good people. It's just the world we live in. What this verse means, this phrase, and whatever he does, he prospers. What it means is it's not financially, it's not professionally. What it means is it's relationally. This way and this way. Vertically with the Lord, horizontally with people. A blessed man, things just get better and better with them and God, with them and others. So these are four characters. This is what a blessed person looks like. Firmly planted, leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. So why do they look that way? What makes them so different from everybody else? Second question. First question, what do they look like? Second question, why do they look that way? Let's look at verse one. There are two steps. Verse one gives the first step. Verse two gives the second step. Verse one says, <clears throat> how blessed the man who's not walking in the counsel of the uh, wicked or stand the path of sinners or sit and see the scoffers. Now, here's my summary. They are separated from the world. Now, many have seen a progression and I hope you can see me down here. This walking in the counsel of the wicked, standing in the path of sinners, and sitting in the seat of scoffers. They say the walking is they're walking in the way of God. They're delighting in his commandments. They're, 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 they're following scripture. They're doing God's work. They're doing God's ways. But somebody begins to whisper and say, it's really nice over here. And this is very tempting in times of tornadoes. If you come over here, you won't have to go through that. And so I begin to drift in my walk. And I start going this way. And if I don't turn around and go get back on the right path, I find myself standing around. It's like, this feels right. I've become one of them. And after a while, it gets real, real comfortable. And I go, hey, Joseph, Ronald's been treating you badly. Come over here. You got downgraded from best friend to good friend? Come over here. <laughs> We've gotten way off track. And we need to turn around. We need to be separated from the world. I like this sit, walk, stand. Or this is in Ephesians chapter one. We are seated 
with him in the heavenly places. We are to walk differently. We are to walk in the fullness of the spirit. And we are to stand against the schemes of the devil, chapter six. I I like sit, walk, stand in Ephesians much better than walking, standing, sitting in Psalm one. But there's a second step. First step, what's the first step? Separated from the world. But the second step is we must be dedicated to the word. Separate from the world, dedicated to the word. Now, what does that mean? Verse two, but his delight is in the law of his Lord. When I came to Christ as a college student, my roommate led me to Christ. And when I would wake up in the morning and look over, he would be on his knees by his bed praying. He had an earlier class than I, and he would go to class, and I'd look over at his desk, and I would see his Bible. It was held together with duct tape. And I thought, real Christians, their Bibles have duct tape. So when he would leave, I would roll my Bible up, and I'm telling you the truth. Please don't think badly of me. And I would beat my Bible on my desk because I wanted to put duct tape so I could walk around I delight in the Bible. Now, how I got there is not what God intended. I'm just telling you, as a new Christian, that's what I did. And pretty soon, I had duct tape. Didn't know beans about the Bible, but I had duct tape on my Bible. This brings us to our quiz. And this quiz is not a condemnation quiz. It's an examination quiz. So it's the doctor saying, I've done the checkup. This is what I find. It's not the doctor going, I can't believe you're smoking three packs a day. That is so foolish. That's condemnation. This is examination. How much time and I know you exaggerated, right? I mean, the flesh doesn't want to look bad. What did you put for answer number three? You want to take a glance at it? Or at this point, have you wadded it up and put it in your pocket? Nobody's seeing my answer. How many are grandparents? You like those grandbabies? Most of the time. I delight in fishing. You say, do you want to go? And I'm, yep, I'm there. Our schedule reflects the things that we value. Do you like the scripture? If I ask that, yes. Show me your quiz. No. That's personal. There's a second part to it. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Let me finish with five ways to get a grip on scripture. You want to be a blessed person? Separated from the world dedicated to the word. Five, grip. 
Five ways to get a grip on Scripture. Number one, this is the weakest finger. You need to regularly be hearing the Word of God. You're hearing the Word of God preached this morning. That's a very weak finger. It's actually hurt. Um, It's just hard to get a grip on Scripture. There's a second finger. It's a little stronger. Reading the Word. Now, I can... I I have a little bit of grip on it. But if I shook it, not a tornado, but if a wind, it would come loose. That's reading. I would encourage you to keep a journal of your reading. Just every day, date it. Write the passage. Just... A scripture, a chapter a day keeps the devil away. Isn't that what Benjamin Franklin said? Or is that something to do with apples and doctors? But um, one chapter a day. Keep a record. Third finger, a little bit stronger. Studying the Bible. Now we're starting to get some, some good fingers on it. Now, what's the difference in reading the Bible and studying the Bible? When I read the Bible, I cover a lot of verses in a short amount of time. When I study the Bible, I cover a few verses in a long period of time. And there are things about this book that you cannot know unless you study it. Now, how do you study it? Well, you can learn to study it on your own, or you can have some teachers who know how to teach help you with your study. And so, my friend... My ex-friend, Brian Beyer, um, I want you to go. You can go to that website right now. You can type it in your phone. It's, it's, it's legal today to, to Google something, all right? You have, you have blessing today. Put in your phone in Safari, EzraJourney.com, EzraJourney.com. And in this website, Dr. Beyer has taken 40 years of Bible teaching and put it in six-week to 20-week Bible studies. And it's a great way to learn the Bible. And today's Brian's birthday, so happy birthday, Brian. We love you. Get back in church. Fourth finger, a little bit stronger. Memorization. As a matter of fact, Psalm 1 is one of the first psalms I ever memorized. Jesus, when he was tempted by the devil in Matthew chapter 4, he quoted scripture because he had it. He actually wrote it, so, but he had it memorized. Mark chapter 12, when he's tested by the adversaries, he quoted scripture. In your ministry to others, a timely word is a blessing to their heart. Memorize it. But all four fingers is not enough to keep a strong grip on the scripture without the thumb. What's the thumb? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Meditation makes for the firm grip. Now, what is meditation? It's not Eastern meditation where they try to void their mind of everything. Um, That's Eastern meditation. Scriptural meditation is I think through and pray through how what I heard, read, studied, or memorized, how does it apply to my life? 
The first four get information in your head. What we want is transformation for our hearts. That becomes a blessed man or woman. How do we go from information in the head to transformation of the heart and ultimately application of the hands? How do I go from here to here? Meditation. I think through, pray over, how does what I heard, read, studied, or memorized apply to me? Because I want to be a blessed man. You want to be a blessed woman. We want to be blessed of God. So we end our series today on the book of Psalms. We end appropriately with the first psalm. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his, her delight is in the law of the Lord. And in this law, in this book, they meditate day and night. Do you want to be blessed? Psalm 1 says, just take two steps. Turn away from these folks, from the world. Dedicate yourself to this book. Let's pray.